and welcome to the Eclectic Collection Podcast. Today, I give you episode four, The License Plate. In 1985, which still seems like yesterday to me, the movie Desperately Seeking Susan came out with Madonna. I'm not going to lie, not her best work. Who's that girl? Hold out for that one. It would come later with Griffin Dunn. Much better movie. But here nor there, and we didn't know that at the time. My sister was fairly obsessed with Madonna, as was I, as was everybody at that time on Earth, if you didn't live in a box. So she went to see the movie. And we spent a few weeks trying that summer to uh, go see it. And for one reason or another, we couldn't and fell into some uh, scheduling issues and eventually decided to go see it. It was like a summer afternoon, I think like a Twilight show. She had finished up work. I was probably like in sixth grade at the time. So I, of course, had nothing to do since it was summer. And we went down to the local movie theater in Springfield, very close to where I live. We had gotten in her car. She had a blue Mercury Lynx. It was a little four-door made of tin. And we were about to turn onto the big road nearby. And I guess it was not even two minutes into the drive. It's a 45 mile an hour road. And she had just started picking up speed, maybe doing 20, 25 miles an hour. And for some reason, there was a red Camaro in front of us that just started acting weird, driving erratically. And it pulled ahead faster so she slowed down a bit and then it stopped and kept going but it was driving radically and eventually spun out to the right very quickly so my sister slammed on her brakes but we hit it it was a straight t-bone and her car crushed like powder and Camaros at the time were still made of steel so they had a big door dent but that was it and it happened so fast big smash and it was just total chaos ensues. So being that I was 12, my sister said, no, stay in the car, stay in the car. My sister had sustained a small bump on the head, uh, but she was okay and started to panic because she wanted to get out of the car, see all the damage and what happened to the other people's car. I had my seatbelt on, which at the time wasn't a law, more like a novelty, and I never put it on, but for some reason I had it on that day. So I just sat there and waited because she told me to. She got out of the car, went forward to the other car, and five people got out of this red Camaro. I had nothing better to do than stare at the scene, so people started to converge out of nowhere. A random motorist stopped. There was a real estate office nearby up on the hill to the left of the accident, and a man had been outside having a cup of coffee at the time, saw the whole thing. He walked down onto the main road. A policeman appeared out of nowhere, and this was not the era of cell phones. So it's really surprising that he showed up and was taking statements, trying to clear the road. Um, The five people that got out were younger, and I remember seeing the license plate JUR848, because I stared at it for what seemed like hours, but certainly wasn't that long. They were not right. I can't describe it any other way. Looking back, I think they were impaired, but I was young and naive at the time, so I'm not sure what they were doing or what they were on, but they seemed jittery, and five people in a Camaro is tough enough. So they were very shaken by it, although none were hurt, and they just had a big door dent, whereas my sister's car looked like an accordion. So they offered to pull their car over 
off the side to the road and the policeman wanted to clear the road so he said that's fine and we had to be scraped off the road like a bad mosquito after a uh, splat unfortunately when they said they were gonna move the car over they actually took off so all the attention went toward the front of the car and the police car and he ran to his radio to get back up and have somebody try and track them people were writing down license plates just everything focused towards the front of my view and onto the skid marks and where they left and the debris on the ground so no one was really paying any attention to her car or more importantly me who was still in the car doing as I was told while this was all going on I realized that the whole engine must have folded, which was a safety feature at the time that I think they've since taken away. And it sort of shifted the front compartment of the car enough that the door wouldn't open properly and the window wouldn't because it kind of compressed on itself. So I smelled something while I was assessing the damages and it started to kind of smell like smoke. And I couldn't identify where it was coming from, but I realized it was her car and I thought it was in the front part outside underneath but it started to get more and more pungent and smelled like it was getting closer to me no one was looking my way because they were all focused away from our car and toward the car that sped off or giving a report talking to the policeman signing a witness statement etc so eventually I began to panic and I figure well I'll just undo my seatbelt and crawl out the driver's side I go to press the seatbelt button and it won't release. So I start panicking, click, click, click. It won't undo and I'm pulling on it and I can't get out. I had never worn a seatbelt before that day and sadly would not go on to wear one after. Not great public service advice, I realize, but I have my reasons. I was the 1% that was actually in peril, so you'll have to forgive me. But I couldn't get out. I'm trapped and... I start banging on the glass. It never occurred to me to hit the horn, but I think looking back, there was something wrong with it because the way the engine had folded, I may have tried it, I really don't remember. But I was banging on the glass and smacking the door as much as I could to try and get attention. Eventually, the witness from the real estate office saw me and pointed, and the policeman came over and he tried to get me through the other side, but he couldn't, so he sliced the seatbelt off and I was able to get out through the... Uh, driver's side and get free. So I explained what happened. And as soon as I got out and told them my perspective, because I was the only one that hadn't been questioned yet, shortly thereafter, the car's sizzle turned into a spark, which turned into a complete fire. And the car just exploded right there on the main highway. We were all stumped because it was less than a minute after I got out. And certainly had I stayed there for safety, as my sister intended, that wasn't how that was going to go down that day. <laughs> Unfortunately, the car was never found. The people that were driving it, I still don't know what they were up to, but I'll never forget JUR 848 and a red Camaro with a dent in it. So if you're out there, oh yeah, I'm still looking for you. But I'd say the moral of the story is hit and runs are just not cool. So please stop if you're involved in an accident. You just never know what you might be doing to someone else. It was crazy that day. And desperately seeking Susan, Obviously, we didn't get to the theater that night to see it and would go a couple weeks later. Probably should have skipped that. I'd like that two hours of my life back as well. But poor Madonna. She gave it her best shot. If you enjoyed my story, 
check out eclecticcollectionpodcast.com or follow me on your preferred platform. I'm Terry Tanaglia. Thanks for listening.